took the draft order. So, this is how we're gonna do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go, one, two, three. Oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. But that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Dynasty, Debbie, Redraft, DFS, and Betty. Gridiron Fantasy Show has got you covered. Featuring my guys, Paul Edgington and... Derek Cook. Take it away, boys. Welcome in this week's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host, Derek Cook, and this is your Debbie Edition podcast for this week. So this week's episode, main topic, strictly conference games we're looking forward to that have some Debbie-relevant matchups within them, and also maybe they're just games we're looking forward to watching from a fan fan aspect and perspective. So we'll go ahead and Jump right into the meat and potatoes real quick. Love the meat and potatoes. Nothing in the first three weeks of the season that was too appealing to us. So we start off in week four. We got Ole Miss at Alabama. For me, the main matchup here is Jackson Dart versus that tough Alabama defense. It'll be Dart's first real test of the season to see if he has improved and progressed since last year. If he's made that jump that we're all looking for in the Debbie community. And then, of course, Alabama side. You get to see their fucking stable of running backs that any which one of them can go to the NFL. See who emerges at that wide receiver room. Early on, hopefully it's Malik Benson and Ja'Cory Brooks. But get a nice early look at that Alabama offense. I don't really have much to say about about it. I mean, you pretty much covered it all. Um, they, they had some... They, as in Ole Miss, had some some transfers come in, right? Uh, quarterbacks. So, yeah. Um, I know for a little bit there, we were possibly worried about Jackson Dart maintaining the starting spot, but I don't think that's in question at all. Um, definitely a tough test for him, but I think I'm more excited for, like you said, the Alabama side. Um, which QB steps up? Which running back steps up? Which wide receiver step up? I mean. There are lots of questions about Alabama. Tons offense. of question marks on that. Yeah, for Alabama on offense, uh, for them to, as a fan, just as a fan of college football, to see you know Alabama still succeed and Nick Saban to carry on, there's you know next man up. Yeah, it's probably the first season in a while I think we've seen such questions in regards to the offense. You know, like you said, nobody knows who the quarterback is. There's no clear cut. RB1, there's no clear-cut alpha wide receiver. Just a lot of mystery. Right. And I like it. It is nice to see. Maybe maybe they'll squirm a little bit. Let's hope so. And this will be the first chance for Jackson Dart to lose his starting job as well. If he plays like absolute dog shit, I wouldn't be surprised if Kiffin turns to the good old veteran, 
fifth year senior, I believe, maybe sixth, since Spencer Sanders transferred from Oklahoma State. So a decent amount of pressure riding on Jackson Dart in this game for his own job as well as in the Debbie community to see if he plays well or if he's just a zero for us going forward. And maybe he uh, becomes this year's Bo Nix. Never know. Good old Bo. Which we'll talk about him before too long. Then we have Arkansas and LSU the same week. Pretty good matchup of senior-laden quarterbacks that could be late risers in the draft uh, process. Jaden Daniels and K.J. Jefferson. I feel like Jaden Daniels has gotten a little bit of steam here in the last month or so. Maybe even last two weeks or so. I feel like he's getting talked about a lot more. Um, I feel like him coming back played a huge role in Keyshawn Boutte deciding to leave. I think we're both still very high, obviously, on Malik neighbors like most people, so there's no question there. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing Jaden Daniels, you know, rise. And uh, K.J. Jefferson had some moments last year, too, so I'm excited to see this one as well. It's a nice SEC game. Of course, you'd see Rocket Sanders as well. Yeah. And Malik neighbors. I'm excited to see uh, Mason Taylor, tight end from LSU. He's probably my number three tight end in Debbie right now, rising up very quickly. Right yeah. behind the two obvious ones. Yeah, Jatavion and Brock Bowers. And then also Aaron Anderson, a slot receiver from LSU, transferred from Alabama. Interested to see him as well. So we'll see if he's uh, any good if he transferred from Alabama for Legitimate better play time or if he's just not as couldn't good as, hack it. Yeah. And then we have Bo Nix. Versus our guy, Shooter Sanders. Colorado at Oregon week four. So a big, big test in the first month for Oregon or for Shadur in Colorado. Of course, Shadur Bo Nix, big-time quarterback matchup. And then possibly a big-time receiver matchup, Travis Hunter, Troy Franklin, as well as running backs, Alton McCaskill and Bucky Irving. This game just... Screams Paul's going to sit on his couch and watch the entire game start to finish and not move. Which is crazy to think of for a Colorado game. This, Yeah, this game just has so many positional matches I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing Troy Franklin against you could Travis Hunter see, on defense. I was about to say, you could probably see Travis Hunter and Troy Franklin match up one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Even. Um, I would also be excited about. Um, I mean, there's not much more to hit on, like you said. We're both big on Shadur. You're... Still big on Bo. I know he's gotten some some hype a little bit too. So it'll be a, it'll be one I sit down and watch live. Oh yeah, it'll be a good one to catch. Yeah. I think it'll be a highly competitive game. And we'll stick out there with Colorado, Week Five, USC at Colorado. Getting the obvious matchups: Caleb Williams and Shadur. Gonna put on a show, most likely. And then of course, still Travis Hunter. And we'll get to see Brendan Rice, who I think at some point in the Debbie community is going to start rising up. Big body receiver, Jerry Rice's son. He played great in the bowl game. He had like 160-something yards, two touchdowns without Jordan Addison. I, I could see, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, you know, the same thing kind of happened to Marvin Harrison. You mm-hmm. know, his freshman year, he didn't do a whole hell of a lot. Then he went out, played against Utah, and had himself a game. I could see 
Brennan Rice doing the, the same thing, finally getting the opportunity, to stay, taking a huge step from freshman to sophomore year. Because coming in last year, I don't think anybody had Marvin Harrison Jr.'s wide receiver one in Debbie. That's, I'd hope not. You know, I mean, he progressively got there yeah, pretty quickly, but I could see Brennan Rice having a, a similar trajectory going up. Yeah. I'm not to mention guys like Zachariah Branch and your boy Mario Williams. Williams. Mm-hmm. There's also Dorian Singer. Maybe Deuce Robinson if he's comes in that early. Who knows? I wouldn't mind Deuce. That's another another good tight end. And we, then, love, we love our tight ends. Oh, best position in football. They do it all. That's right. We'll move on to week six. Get a repeat of an Arkansas <laughs> at Ole Miss. And KJ Jefferson, Jackson Dark, good quarterback matchup, and then the big time Rocket Sanders, Quinshawn Junkins. Will be the matchup to watch. I'm excited to see what Quinshawn Jenkins does being the guy. Yeah, there's no more, no more Zach carries. Evans. Yeah. He's the guy. Right. So uh, he's going to get tested early on. I could see Quinshawn Jenkins flying up. I mean, I know he already has, but even more so. Yeah. It wouldn't be surprising if he can surpass Nick Singleton at some point this year. Right. And then this one, more so just from a rivalry, good old college tradition standpoint, we have Oklahoma and Texas at the uh, Texas State Fair, as always. A red, red River rivalry? Yeah. Is that what they call that? Yeah, unfortunately. It's no longer the Red River shootout. We can't say shootout anymore. It's just Red River rivalry. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's not as fun. But no. It'll always Te- be technicalities, the, but it'll always be the Red River shootout to us. Absolutely. It has to be. And of course, Texas, we all know. We got Quinn Ewers. We got Cedric Baxter Jr., who probably will be the starting running back by this point in the season in week six. Xavier Worthy, who I was watching some <clears throat> highlights mostly on, and I just had to move him back up to my wide receiver two in the twenty four class above Ibuka. Is it close? It it's close, but I if I'm on the clock, I think you go worthy. The guy's not a wrong trick pony like most perceive. He's very crisp route runner, route runner, quick feet, good hands, even though he dropped a shitload of balls last year with a broken hand. He's going to bounce back. I, th- I think he does this year for all the reasons you say. Uh, we kind of harped on it a lot last year that people were thinking he was just a run trick pony when, and we were putting it out that he's a, you know, he's got a hell of a, a route tree and didn't utilize it as much as I would neither of us would have liked but I think he breakout year was freshman year but I think he comes back this year and destroys his freshman year I mean last year he didn't have a terrible year it was down compared to his freshman year but it wasn't bad I mean he still had like almost 800 receiving yards Um, but you would have thought that he would have had a better year last year than his freshman year but give me that on my Michigan team and that's the best fucking wide receiver season we've seen in a decade right which Xavier Worthy was a Michigan commit at one point. Goddamn Longhorns. Fuck them. Uh, but uh, anyways, we have a Donnie Mitchell transfer, who you've always been in love with, who seems to only score touchdowns in championship games. When it matters most, it seems. It does. He's just out there to catch him in the end zone. Championship Sunday for you. No right. big deal. Then we have Jonte Cook, possibly getting in there early, early in the season. And then on the Oklahoma side... Hopefully, Jackson Arnold, freshman quarterback, will be the starter over Dylan Gabriel. 
It's what I'm hoping for. It would be. I would love to see him and Quinn go head to head. I hope so. I, I Jackson Arnold. I think he's. He could be something special. He could be. He could wind up being the best quarterback in this freshman class. I was, I was about to say that. I watched uh, some more tape on him, and he's. I think he's I had the, he's him a the total bit, package. Yeah, I think I had him a little lower than I should have. He is. Uh, I, I did too. I moved him up significantly. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page. Dante Moore, it's still the guy for me. Um, but Jackson Arnold, there's a case. I'm definitely taking him over Arch today. Oh, out of, without a doubt. I'm... Malachi <laughs> Nelson? Maybe. Over Nico? Nico for yeah. sure. Dante Moore? No. Right. He could, He's looking at my QB2 slash 3, depending right. on how I, once I get through some more Malachi Nelson stuff. See about, who lands it's about where I've got him. I've got Malachi Nelson ahead of him. Currently, but it's close. At the running back position, we have sophomore Javante Barnes. Wide receiver, a little, a little bit underwhelming compared to Texas, but we have Jaleel Farouk and Jaden Gibson. Some two previously highly thought of Debbie assets kind of fell off. Hopefully, they'll pick it back up. So, we it should, should, should not, be another shootout. Let's not ever forget about Jatavian Sanders either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out there, too, playing for Texas. Yeah. Unfortunately, Oklahoma doesn't have anybody that's going to stop him. Nope. But he's going to have another ball game. We move on to Week 7. Oregon at Washington. Of course, we got same guys for Oregon. Bo Nix, Troy Franklin, Bucky Irving. And then Washington is going to be a lot of fun. Michael Penix Jr., uh, Jalen McMillan, Roma Dunze. Plethora of weapons out there for UW. That one will be an exciting offensive matchup to watch. Yeah, I think that one will be a, hope I don't jinx it, but fireworks show. A lot of points scored. Um, hopefully, Michael Penix Jr. can make us all look smart for believing he might have some first-round draft capital. Yeah, this will be a battle of the senior quarterbacks. You know, This could be a great... Great film for both of them to see which one of the NFL favorites more going forward. So that'll be a fun game. Then move on to week eight. We got Tennessee at Alabama. Joe building against that tough, vicious Crimson Tide defense. I think we'll see a good amount of freshman running back Cam Seldon for Tennessee. Uh, senior wide receiver Brew McCoy, who I'm very high on. As well as Deontay Thornton, transfer from Oregon. For Tennessee, who's going to play the Jalen Hyatt role. Also very fast in his own right. Then, you know, of course, Alabama at this point will know who the quarterback is, who the lead back is, and hopefully who the alpha wide receiver is. Hopefully. I mean, we never found out last year, so no. hopefully this is the year. Uh, that Alabama offense, I mean, it easy to say was ran through Bryce Young last year. Nobody really stepped up, um, but they don't have Bryce Young. So somebody's going to have to step up. Um, I lost my thought on Tennessee. I think this will be the game that determines if Joe Milton is um, going to make it to the Heisman ceremony. Yeah. yeah, that is true. This will be by far the toughest test of the season for him. And I think he will pass with flying, flying colors. Up, yeah. I think so, too. And I then, saw, I um, can't remember if it was last week or the week before. I think it was just this past week. I saw Joe Milton... Uh, just toss oh, it yeah, that Yeah, like 60-something yards, just cannon, flicking it. Just cannon, man. 
His arm is special. Oh, it is. It's special. I know that hurts. It does. It does. He was the guy. Until he wasn't. Damn COVID season. Mm. But then we have week eight. I think this is Halloween night or Halloween weekend. One of those two. Uh, Penn State at Ohio State. Your Buckeyes. It's going to be a tough one. The Nittany Lions are coming in here to tear that ass up. I would not be surprised if that was the outcome. Um, I think Penn State... I mean, Penn State, I think, could be a top-five program next year. I mean, by this point, week eight, Drew Aller's going to be hopefully settled in nicely and playing well, running that offense smoothly. We know about the two-headed monster running back, and we know what can happen to this Ohio State defense if the running game gets going for the other side. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Michigan do it back-to-back years with multiple running backs. And it's Penn suffice State to may say, not be different. Penn State's running backs are probably way more talented. Probably. The only thing they're lacking compared to Michigan is the offensive line is not, not as, good. as good. But yeah. for what they lack in the line, they make up in talent in the running backs. Right. So that'll be a nice matchup to watch. I'm then, sure it'll be a night game. Blackout. It'll I be, assume so, yeah. It'll, it'll be a good gut. Assuming that both teams don't suck. but Hopefully not. I think this will... We'll see whoever this should be a top, This should be Ohio probably State. a top five matchup. Probably, yeah. I mean, top you guys do have matchup. Notre Dame. So, week four, I think. Yeah. So, you could be heading in with one loss. Before then, I think it's more of a cakewalk for you guys outside of that game. Notre Dame's the only question mark until this game. Yeah. Then, of course, we'll see whoever the hell your quarterback is. God, I'm pulling for Devin Brown. Me too. He actually uh, resumed throwing. throwing. This past week. Yeah, I saw that. He's back on the up and up. Getting back out there in rhythm. Ready to take that job from Mr. McCord. I I sure should hope he does, man. Of course, we got (laughs) Travion pending his health. Mayan Williams pending his health. Maybe Dallin Hayden. We got typical receivers. MHJ, Buka, and Maybe Carnell Tate turns up as wide receiver three, depending on what Fleming does. Yeah, Julian Fleming, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, hard to say. Um, Could be Xavier Johnson. He's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Yeah. Six-year six senior, I think. Yep. Still fast as a motherfucker. Yeah, he is. Reminds me of Corey Brown. He reminds me of... Like, oh, like Corey Brown year. Yeah. yeah. He reminds me of um, Johnny Dixon. That's another good so one. You guys had for quite a while that it was fast as fuck, but never really did took anything. off hype yeah. for NFL wives. Yeah. He was that typical. He was supposed to be like the Percy Arvin under Urban. Yeah. Yeah. But that's who he reminds me of. Who was the other one? Uh, Dontre Wilson. Yeah, I I saw him somewhere the other day, and I was like, ah, it was in a Discord, and one guy asked for uh, just people to give some running back duos for the past like decade in college football that were really good. And I was just looking at 24-7 and past running back classes, and he was like a top four rated running back. And I saw the name Dontre Wilson. I'm like, why does he sound so familiar? And I couldn't pin it until you just said it. Dontre Wilson. And now I remember why I don't remember him, because he didn't do shit. He didn't do shit. No, he, he was, was supposed like to. that. He was that like slot, scat back type guy. Yeah. Supposed to, supposed to really be the true Percy Harvin 2.0. Never worked out. He was fast as fuck, but never really panned out. I think he was 
one of the guys involved in the Michigan Ohio State fight, the one year in Michigan where your lineman flipped the birds. Flipped the ball. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he was, was involved he was in, in that, that fight. And he yeah, had he was. The boot he too. got ejected. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. Great times. Back when you guys used to beat us. That's right. Not so much anymore. But I'm loving it. Oh, I, I would be too. Then you guys have another game, week nine, on the road in Camp, Camp Randall. That'll be a fun one with that new look <clears throat> Wisconsin offense and Tanner Mordecai, Braylon Allen, uh, C.J. Williams going up against your guys' DBs. I've heard some chatter this week that uh, Denzel Burke could be a first-round pick. Wouldn't surprise me none. I've heard that um, Sonny Styles is making headway too. Yeah, there's no uh, way he's not starting. Yeah, somewhere. I've, I've heard a lot of good things. It's all coach speak from Jim Knowles, but I've heard a lot of good things that he said about that defense. He, he's, ex- I'm excited about the defense this year. We'll just see if you can plug up the run holes. That is the biggest question mark. That and I don't. As, as an OSU fan, like, I didn't really like Jim Knowles' scheme because he's okay with letting up four to five 20-plus-yard plays a game. I don't like that because those can be game-defying plays. Well, we saw it against Michigan. I mean, right. Let one or two of those go, and then your offense shits the bed. It's, You're it's all downhill. You're shit out of luck. Right. I don't like his defense just because he runs at three three five. I've never yeah. been a fan of that, which is damn old fucking TCU ran. We couldn't do much against it for most of the game, but I've never been a fan of like those gimmicky type defense, like the three three five, the four two five, yeah, I, the Big Twelve defense. I, I like the yeah, I like the standard you know, four three, yeah, um, five two bear in running situations, you know, shit, standard types of stuff the that 46. pros stuff that pros run, yeah. Those there's bound to be holes in those type of defenses, and yeah. well, they were found. Three, three, five. I mean, you're never going to get pressure on the quarterback. No, even sure, if I, you do have JTT and and Soy, Jack Soy, yeah, Jack on the other side. I mean, shit. When Urban was there, we had the Rushman package. I can't remember exactly who was on it, but we had you know four defensive ends all on the line mm-hmm. at the same time in the game, and it was always like a third down package. Yeah, shit like that is awesome because. Each of them guys can get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, not not taking any away from defense tackles. They do the dirty work and they're underappreciated. But you know, if you toss in four DNs on third down, you know that quarterback's thinking about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that'll be a fun one to watch from a just overall. I'm excited to see just how Wisconsin looks this year. I mean, they're I think they're going to look totally different. Yeah, I'm glad for their sake. It's a week nine game, so they'll have two months to. Figure everything Put out. that offense, work the, the Kings out. Yeah. And that brings us to week 10, a big-time matchup. Washington at USC. You got Penix Jr. versus Caleb Williams. Good group of receivers on both sides of the ball. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one, but I think USC wins it pretty easily. Yeah. I'm, it'll be it'll be a high-scoring game, but I think it'll be USC will pace it the whole way. Yeah. End up winning by double digits. Yeah, that's about 14 17 is about what I'm thinking. Never really in question. Mm-hmm. But I think Penix will have a good Penix game. will put up numbers, though. He'll, you know, probably go out there and since they'll be down, he'll probably put up 400 yards and five passing touchdowns or something stupid. Wouldn't be surprising. He, he puts up ungodly numbers sometimes. Yeah. It takes us to week 11. We have 
Michigan Wolverines heading into Happy Valley will not be a night game. So we don't get to kick the shit out of them during a whiteout. Unfortunately, I have to do it in the daylight. But, same thing. We'll have two run-heavy offenses going against each other with two very capable, highly recruited quarterbacks. Wide receivers leave some to be desired. But good tight ends. Colton Lubston from Michigan. A lot of people are starting to hop on him, hype him up. Of course, we'll see Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards. The true two-headed monster in the Big Ten. The best duo. Nope. That is Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see this game. We will. I mean, but you said it best earlier. Penn State's O-line is not as good as Michigan's, and Michigan's defense is better. Yeah, it's, we kicked the living dog shit out of them last year. I... It's probably going to happen again. And they arguably had better wide receivers last year. Yes. But I think the quarterback play with we'll Drew Waller is going to be significantly better. And it'll keep you it'll keep you guys more disciplined. Yeah. You'll have to be disciplined because Drew Waller can do it all. I can see it being a good game, but similar to like SC Michigan or SC Washington, Michigan controlling the game and just being that far ahead to where it's never going to be real danger. Yeah, that's that's about where I got it, about a 14-point a game, never really in question. But it'll be fun to see these four running backs play. Yeah, absolutely. I hope Katron Allen gets some more uh, PT and love this year. Yeah, hopefully we see not exactly a Quinchon Junkin, Zach Evans split, but hopefully more towards that, whereas... Yeah. As opposed to one dominant running back and the like, sleeper I'd like to see Allen. like a 65-35 split. Yeah, 60-40, that'd be nice. Yeah. Because I feel like Katron Allen really only got played last year when Singleton was gassed. Yeah. Which happened, happened a often. fair amount. But. Which I don't, I'm sure that won't happen as much. He'll learn from how he played last year instead of trying to hit the big one to be a better between the tackles runner, take what they can give you. Oh, so I'm sure he'll be on the he won't be take himself out for being gassed as much. He'll well, I don't think he'll be relied on as heavy either because I think Drew Waller's, like I said, a lot better quarterback. And um I think there is a something to say in big difference for a guy that just came in and a guy who's got a full year of college conditioning and college yeah all that under your belt. So yeah, it'll be it'll hopefully be a good, good one. Yeah, and then we have Duke at North Carolina. Nope, we're not talking basketball. We're talking football. Football, baby. We got a rising quarterback at Duke, a la Daniel Jones and uh, Riley Leonard. It'll be nice to see him versus Drake May. Outside of Drake May, I mean, uh, I can't remember how to say his first name exactly. It's Devontez Walker, I believe, is how he pronounced his first name. Transfer from Kent State, big-time receiver. He'll be fun to watch with North Carolina. But this one is just all about the quarterbacks for me. That's all I'm going to be watching. Because I'm not sure if I am if I like Riley Leonard. Devontez Walker from Kent State. Yes, that is him. Yep. So I'm not sure if I really like Riley Leonard or if he's just a flash in the pan. But it'll be nice to see him against Drake May, against the gold standard of the ACC. Yeah, against, the, like you said, gold standard NFL caliber quarterback just to see what they've got. Yeah. 
And then following week, week 12, we got North Carolina at Clemson. Drake May, Kate Klubnick, uh, Will Shipley. Will Shipley. You got Bo Collins. You got uh, Antonio Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Bringing Stool, the tight end who was highly yes. recruited for Clemson. Yes. Could see Phil Maffa get some good run at running back. Who's the other wide receiver? For yeah, Bo Collins, Antonio Williams, Adam, Adam Randall. Randall. That's it, Adam Randall. So that'll be a very good game to watch. See, hopefully, uh, Clay, Cade Klubnik has taken a significant step this year. It could be the top two quarterbacks of the ACC, or Jordan Travis could be the second best one. Who knows? And then that brings us to the final week. Uh, first up, we have Oregon at or- Oregon State at Oregon. So this one, looking forward to seeing. Probably DJU, still hanging on to the job at that point. And then running back Damian Martinez as well, a rising sophomore. And then, of course, same old Oregon guys we mentioned a couple times, Bo Nix, Troy Franklin, Bucky Irving. Excited to see those guys once again. Yeah, I'm not holding out hope for DJU, but... <clears throat> if it's yeah, not maybe. DJU, I hope it's Aiden Childs yeah. at that point. Yeah. One of the two, I'll be happy to watch. Right. And then we got the big one, the granddaddy of them all, the not great. the Rose Bowl. The greatest rivalry in sports. Yep, the game. Ohio State at Michigan. Again, see whoever the hell is quarterback at that point in the season for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You can see another four good, really good running backs. You can see Ohio State's receivers against Michigan's stout DBs, Will Johnson, uh, Mike Sainer still coming back. Yeah, fuck him. What? Yeah, he's a beast. He's yeah. he's the quarterback of that defense. He is, he is the heart and soul of that defense, absolutely. Yeah. So there will be some really good wide receiver and DB matchups in that one. And I'm then, excited to see um, if JJ takes any strides. Also, like, yeah, uh, I, I know that like last year, and they don't really have the wide receivers to support a like a deep ball game, but I'd like to see them try. Which we do have Cornelius Johnson coming back as well as uh, Roman Wilson. So two of the speedsters are at least back. Unfortunately, no more Ronnie Bell. Finally ran out of eligibility. But we got Colston Loveland. He'll be a matchup nightmare again this year. I'll maybe see some Sonny Styles on him or Lorenzo Styles. Never know. Right. But it'll be another fun one. Well, we'll talk this game up a lot through the season, I'm sure, because it'll. Depending on, really depends on the Penn State games for both teams. So. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, so pretty much. If we're both undefeated going in, and both Penn State games were close. It'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. We'll gotta buy those overpriced tickets. Right. But just a <clears throat> few other notes. Like I said earlier, Devin Brown has resumed throwing this past week. Uh, Blake Corm is. Going to be good to go for the summer, as well as week one, fully healthy. He had, uh, was it knee? Yes, knee. Don't know exactly what they haven't said. Right, they didn't say, but it was knee. Yep, so he'll be good to go. Is um, Donovan Edwards, his was wrist? Yeah. Hand. Hand. Is he good? He's good. No more cast, so he can play 200 football once again. And then, he didn't um, need it against Ohio State. And, yeah, the way you guys just 
drove Drew. Max through that hole right in front of him. Yeah, no big part, deal. Part of like the Red Sea. He barely needed one hand to hold on to the ball. <laughs> right. But then we have our boy, Debbie Darling, Eric Gilbert. He still needs to get a waiver from the NCAA to play. Being it's his second time transferring, it's not an automatic, <clears throat> you're good to go. you got to get a waiver. <clears throat> still hasn't obtained it yet. So we will see if he does, in fact, get one. Or he transfers to Nebraska, right? Yes, yeah. to Nebraska. Hmm. Which, unfortunate to hear. Yeah. Now on to some really exciting non-Debbie-related news, but very much college football-related. The Big Ten released their 24 and 25 schedules. There are no more divisions in the Big Ten come 20, 2024 when UCLA and USC enter. Good. That is fucking awesome. That is They'll just be the top two records in the title game the way it should be. how it should be. Because it should be, realistically, about Ohio State, Michigan every year. Yeah. We'll have to show those California boys how we play football in the Midwest. That's right. I'm just glad Caleb Williams will be gone. Yeah, Malachi Nelson will be there. Mm. And Dante Moore. That's okay. Yeah, but I'd rather deal with both of them being somewhat new compared to a Caleb Williams, Caleb yeah, Williams. absolutely. But the, so far, the big matchups: uh, Michigan at USC for 2024, Ohio State at UCLA, and USC at Penn State. And I believe Michigan has UCLA coming to the Big House. So some some good games. Some, yeah, USC Penn State. I'm really excited for. Yeah, that will be a really fun one. Fuck yeah. They'll start the running backs. Still drawler against the newly newly ushered in SC quarterback. Woo! Zachariah Branch will probably already have a name for himself. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Deuce Dude. Robinson, hopefully. Yeah, Deuce. He, yeah, he'll definitely be the starter if he's still sticking to football. No way no way he wouldn't be. But this it's going to be fun. I, I, I love... I mean, I don't think we've talked about it a whole hell of a lot, but bringing... I mean, UCLA, I think, was okay. I'm more excited now with the way they've been recruiting. But bringing these two teams in, man, I'm excited. Yeah, which UCLA has part of this move to thank for Dante Moore. He's a Michigan kid, and he wanted a chance to play in the Big Ten. And UCLA afforded that opportunity by them coming in his sophomore year. Right. So that was part of the reason why he went to UCLA. So, again, UCLA can... Be thankful for this move. We got him there, star quarterback, assumably for the next. Did you say three years? UCLA does come to Michigan. They do. Yes. In twenty four. Twenty four. We play both. Unlike you guys. Mm. You guys get SC in twenty five. Mm. So it'll last last year, Malachi Nelson probably. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. If he shows out, yeah. But they released their uh, protected rivals. And I know, obviously, SC, UCLA is going to be protected. Michigan, Ohio State is going to be protected. And by protected, you mean played every year? Yes. I mean, right. yeah. Every year, no fans or butts. Uh, where is it? Is Michigan, Michigan State one also? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find it, but I, off the top of my head, Penn State had neither of us as a protected rival. Thought that was uh, maybe a little bit strange. 
I know for Michigan, I wouldn't have been opposed to Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State being the three protected. Right. And then you guys, same thing. Ohio State, or Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. That would have been nice to... Basically have a three core, mm-hmm. three teams that play each other. Yeah, that would have been nice. I just thought that was weird for Penn State not to have either of us. Well, they probably don't want either of us because there's good possibility they lose that every year and they don't want to get beaten up by the same teams every year. You know what I mean? So it, it makes sense. It does. Just, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I would have loved to play Penn State every year like we have been, but that's not going to happen anymore. As long as Ohio State plays Michigan, I give two shits less about who else we play. Well, as I leave on Thanksgiving weekend... We'll be good. Chef's kiss. Absolutely. But I think that's all I got going for this week. You got anything on your mind? No, not really. Um, I mean, just as like a Ohio State fan, man, I'm just hoping Devin Brown pulls through. Um, I, I know there's been people out there like saying give Kyle McCord a chance, blah blah blah. They're <clears throat> still believing in Kyle McCord and all this and that. I just don't see it. Well, McCord was Marvin Harrison Jr.'s high school quarterback. That could be bad. So that could be bad, could be good. I mean, it, it, it could be either or. I say it could be bad because you're throwing it to fucking Marvin Harrison Jr. He'll make anybody look good. Yeah. Well, uh, other than that, we'll tell for that. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't have an answer coming out of spring due to Devin Brown's injury. Yeah. I'm just going to prolong it. I just hope it doesn't, like, evolve into the same, like, scenario between Dwayne and Joe. Yeah. Um, obviously, the <clears throat> between Dwayne and Joe, Joe was the upperclassman, and he hurt his hand. So it's a little, like, flipped because Devin's the younger guy, but I, I hope Devin pushes him. I, I hope. It would be nice for you guys. I think so Devin Brown's also a better I think, athlete. Yeah, he easily. If you're wearing number 33 or whatever he's wearing, you better be able to run that damn ball, son. Right. That's in my head. I forgot it. Damn it. But it's I, gone. I can't remember, but I saw something the other day, and it was a picture. I think it was both Kyle McCord and Lincoln Kindholes, and it was like the future of Ohio State quarterback room, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'd love to see Kine holds at one point, but realistically, I don't think it's gonna happen for him. He's you know, he's only a four star, which is fucking fantastic. You know, kudos to him for having such a high rating, but he's the type of player that could be passed over for a five star stud right. coming in and he just gets left behind. Absolutely. Hopefully it doesn't happen because I, I really like him. I like Kine Holtz. He's also a two sport athlete just like Devin Brown. Um Kind of a play style a lot reminds me of a bit of Devin Brown. Um, I think his only path to like a starting job at Ohio State is if Devin Brown beats out Kyle McCord, Kyle McCord transfers, and then next year it's like an open QB battle between Brown and Kynos. Kynos, it's not happening this year. No. Barring something drastic, no. Injuries, about the only thing drastic. Yeah. We'll see if he sticks around Ohio State for the long haul. I'd like, to, I'd like to, I'd like to see him stick around, but I get why he wouldn't. You know, 
yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun fall camp for them. And you guys do play Indiana week one, I believe. So you don't have some cupcake coming ah, up. You got a Big Ten game. We got a Big Ten game off. kicking off. I think it's Friday or Thursday. Did now. you see um, there was, oh, I can't remember who it was. Because the SEC voted on eight or nine conference games. <coughs> yeah, I tweeted about that. Unfortunately, they uh, selected eight through right. the 24 season because they are a bunch of pansies. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. can't blame them because they want to get as many bowl teams as possible. You play eight games. You don't beat up on yourselves. Exactly. You're going to get more bowl, bowl bids, more money, and that's all it's about is the fucking money. I just think that's pansy. For a 16-team conference, you're only playing eight. Right. Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, we're all playing nine. And we're 12 and 14 team leagues. Well, grow some balls at SEC. You're supposed to be the best. Play each other nine times if you're really the best. 16 teams, 10. Yeah. But that's the thing that's all it's about is they just want to get that bowl bid in. Which, like I said, it's all about the money, which is unfortunate. I mean, I, I get the the money aspect of it, but I just I disagree with it. I do too. Like I said, I, I, at least in the Power Five, I think everyone should have to play nine. And I think it crossed college football. Period. It should be a nine-game conference schedule. At least three non. Right. And then looking ahead to Michigan schedule next year. We do play at SC and at Ohio State, but we welcome in the Texas Longhorn to Michigan Stadium. Oh, and, and two, 24? Yep, 24, week two. So I think mm. that'll be a fun one. So we have Texas, UCLA, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and SC. And that doesn't count, you know, Michigan State, if they're any good anymore. But yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a slobber knocker to see Malik Murphy in the big house. Or Arch Manning if that happens for whatever fucking reason. Mm. But I just thought that was a I saw that pop up when the Big Ten released their schedule and looking at the full thing. I was like, mm. Finally. I, I love playing stronger or at least other power five teams. Of the non-conference. I do too. I mean, that's like uh, <clears throat> Ohio State playing Notre Dame. I love it. Although, I don't think, I don't hold Notre Dame as high in regard as like, you know, your Bama, your Texas and stuff like that. But uh, it's in the right direction at least. I miss having Notre Dame on the schedule when they pushed down and didn't want to renew the, the contract. But I, I do miss the Fighting Irish. They were arguably our th- Third rival, maybe two, depending on how you viewed Michigan State. So that sucks they're gone and probably not coming back. But at least you guys got a hold of them now. Still giving them that ass kicking. That's all that matters, man. I was actually watching that game earlier today. Ah. USC and Texas at Ohio Stadium in 25. There you go. Longhorns are coming back to the, to the Midwest. It's been a while. Remember what happened last time? Yeah, I hate what happened last time. Yeah, Vince Young, I remember. I still that was, remember yeah, that. That was the year Vince Young won it all. Yeah, he came in here and 
fucking beat the shit out of you guys. I remember that was talk around here was you guys gonna shut them down and show the Longhorns why they ain't shit and the Buckeyes are gonna be the national champions. Wow, that went well. That went over well. Yeah, it went. Uh, well, that was uh, what the year before that was their last year with Colt, right? Two thousand five. No, Colt was after Vince Young. Oh, okay, it was after Vince Young. Mm-hmm. We got revenge after Vince yeah, Young. Yeah, you got Colt it before. Yeah, it wasn't the same. Then you got freshman Colt McCoy. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Because that was, I think, when James Laurinaitis got big. Yeah. Good times. That Vince Young Texas team was nasty. It was. Along with that USC, Pete Carroll, Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush. Yeah, the Bush push. Yeah. Wasn't for that illegal play, they wouldn't have been there. You're not wrong. But now it's legal. USC did a lot of illegal shit back then with Pete Carroll there. Yeah, and amazing. He got away scot free. Like, yeah, he did. Making millions coaching the NFL. He's a hell of a coach, though. I mean, he is. I'll give it. Even he's, he's in his seventies, I think. Yeah, he's old. He's, he's like pushing. Nick Saban age. He doesn't look like it. No, Nick Saban looks old. Yeah, he just does have gray hair, like Pete right. Carroll. But Pete's always had fucking gray hair. Yeah, you gotta think, even when he was at SC, he was in his 50s. And Pete Carraway just 71. Yeah. But he does not look or sound like it. That's he'll be 72 sure. in September, so. He's a young 72. He's I think Saban's on a. Nick on Saban's last 71. Leg. Yeah. And he'll be 72 in October. So they're literally a month apart. Yeah. That's crazy. Nick Saban is the same age as Bill Belichick. Yeah, Bill was one old motherfucker, man. He's been around forever. They didn't say he'd been around about the same time, you know I think. Nick Saban's only five foot six. Yeah, he's a small guy. I didn't know he was that little. I'm sure he shrunk, too. Well, yeah, when you get that age. That's his updated height, post-70. Yeah, no shit. That's his... But I think that about wraps us up for this week's episode of our Debbie Edition. So you can find us all on Twitter at Gump7285, at D underscore Cook93, in the podcast at Gridiron underscore FS. We'll see you guys again next week. We're probably going to do some something new we haven't done before, some combined Debbie Dynasty startup draft type of talk, where in the, the drafts you're doing, it's a Dynasty League with Debbie, but in the startups you can select Debbie players. So, you know, select Caleb Williams 105 if you want. Right, it really helps you, like, put in perspective where you would put these guys currently in Dynasty. It's more of like an upgraded cornerstone type of ranking system. Yeah. That's what we're we're going for. So we'll talk more about that on both episodes next week, actually. It'll be kind of a mixed bag. Kind of a part one, part two type of thing. So it'll be fun just... More so talking out that kind of thing, so I think we're going to, if not start up one this year, do one next year to where it's combined like that and just a big free-for-all. Sounds fun. Sounds fun to me. Well, we'll see you guys again next week, and have a good rest of your weekend. Thanks. Thanks.